Hello and welcome to Thursday afternoon here on Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. I am Tony Colombo. My partner is Katie Fitzpatrick. And we have another packed show for you today. So much to freaking talk about. Uh, we are going to be joined by Dr. Randy Tobler in about an hour from now, just after 3 o'clock. We are going to be joined by Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks in just about 15 minutes. So very much looking forward to that conversation. And we are also going to start the show. If you're watching on the cameras, you see that they we have, we have company over immediately. Behave. <laughs> behave. <clears throat> um. I think everybody would be surprised how late in the day Mike Ferguson is here uh, on a regular basis, but for him to be here when we're starting the show is uh, is a little bit rare, so I thought Extra we'll take special. advantage of this and have Mike Ferguson start the show with us, buddy. How are you? Doing all right. It's weird to see the studio from this, this angle, because I'm always over there where you are. Totally. Yeah. So, which um, is even more perfect that uh, you are here and able to come on with us today is because I have a couple stories here that I were, was going to steal directly from your show this morning. So <laughs> I feel a little bit better about stealing your stuff uh, when you're standing here. So <laughs> I'm just here to serve. I want to. So obviously we're going to get into, um, you know, presidential politics and the debate last night and mm-hmm. all of the news surrounding that. We'll get into all that as we go through the day here because there are, there's some interesting things happening out there and definitely things to talk about. But I want to talk about some local stuff. And obviously we're going to dig in on some local issues when we talk to Justin Sparks here in a few minutes as well. A couple of, of real stories that also made me laugh a little. At least one of them did. Uh, the other, cringe a little. That I that I learned about listening to Mike Ferguson in the morning today. So I wanted to ask you about these or talk mm-hmm. to you about these. Um, let's start with the St. Louis Board of Aldermen Committee has sent a resolution to uh, to endorse a ceasefire, right? And the. Israel Hamas war. See, I'm glad you I'm glad you clarified. They were talking about a ceasefire in the Middle East. They haven't talked about a ceasefire in North City or right, downtown. Right. But but the, yeah, they're talking about that one. Just the so we're clear on which ceasefire we're pursuing here. The Saint the city, the St. Louis City Board of Aldermen has written a resolution to end the war in the Middle East. <laughs> what in the hell is this? Well, what is going on? Well, I mean, because what's happening is, Bibi, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu yeah. is is meeting with his defense ministers. They're tracking the movement right. of Hamas, and they're saying, we haven't heard from Megan Greed and Rashid Aldridge and Tashara Jones yet. We just don't know what to do. What do we do? Yeah. Stuck in a pickle. <laughs> what, like, what the heck? I know that, I know that this is just grandstanding. Yeah. I know yeah. that it's just... You know, trying to look important and involved, but obviously nobody involved in that war gives a rip about anything that anybody in the city of St. Louis has to say, any any alderman in the city of St. Louis has to say. And also, even if it only took you 10 minutes to do this. That's 10 minutes that you should have been working on other things, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, everything from uh, getting the potholes filled to, I don't know, police officers hired, you know, things yeah. like that. I, this is this is such virtue signaling on the left. And the, the weird part is, is we don't even know if they're going to accept the, the resolution because when you read it, and this was a debate. Uh, that they included, we want a ceasefire, and they said, okay, but we're going to ask Hamas for one, too. 
You know, so it's not just Israel. Now, oh, well. I don't know that that's going to pass the board of aldermen. They may only want to target Israel. That's I a don't really know. good point. That's a really I, good point. I think it's crazy, though. Like, what is the timing <sighs> of this this ceasefire? I mean, did it have to do with anything? Or no, did they just no, say, no. this is what's going to, this no. is how, how we feel. Mm-hmm. This is what This is what how we feel. And we, and, and we're going to pretend like people care yeah. about what we think. Yeah, and and, and it look more important than yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what I mean. What it is. It's, it's if they pass it, what's going to happen is somebody's going to sit back in their chair at City Hall and just go, "We did. Yeah, it. We really made a difference. We did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was. You remember where you were when this vote yeah. happened? Well, yeah. to your point, and you mentioned uh, uh, Rasheen Aldridge uh, Alderman. He said, "Quote." We're not. We're just not asking for a ceasefire from Israel, as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. We're also asking for a ceasefire from Hamas. The fact that he even feels like he has to clarify that <laughs> yeah. shows you just how <laughs> we know Hamas are the, great listeners. Shows you yeah. what oh, message yeah, has been yeah. coming out of the city uh, to this point. He wants to get that message across to Hamas. He probably should pick a different radio station. Maybe, yeah, you know, maybe. Uh, also, goes on to say, uh, "quote." When people say that, oh, this isn't a city of St. Louis issue, which is what I'm saying, it is a direct city of St. Louis issue. Our city is a melting pot. I think more municipalities, more cities, more states that come out and say they want a ceasefire will put pressure on Congress. No. 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 It it, it isn't. No. 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 People are expressing their beliefs across the country and across the world about this mm-hmm. and congress people are hearing it and <laughs> yeah. leaders are hearing it they don't need resolutions from aldermatic boards and local government in the mid yeah. in, in cities i was going to say the midwest but in any it doesn't matter in any city anywhere let 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 me, let me play devil's advocate please for something on there so i'm trying to think of a way to just the more time they spend on this the less time they have to really mess up something else. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. That is true. Busy work. Just give them yeah. some busy work. Right. But I'm still trying yeah. to wrap my head around the idea that Netanyahu would take any consideration <laughs> of anyone. No. Let's say even besides the president of the United States, but let's even go to and barely our that. federal government. Mm-hmm. I mean, Netanyahu is not meeting with members of our federal government, our congressmen and women right. saying, so did you think John Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy, do you think I should do a ceasefire or yeah, not? Right. It just is like, it is Netanyahu doesn't want to it meet is. with the mayor of St. Louis right. or the mayor of New York or the governor of, of Missouri, let alone the alderman. <laughs> okay, so that's one. Right. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. The other one, kind of hilarious, but also kind of uh, disturbing because it's going to... Uh, impact many of us. Sam Page, who did, who rolled out his new logo yesterday, mm-hmm. we we talked about that, uh, and had his state of the county address yesterday, has said uh, that he he has to tax. Right. The, we have to tax people. We listen. You don't know how good you've had it. We've <laughs> got to we've got to start. This is the only thing that we can do is is increase taxes. Not something you usually hear a politician say. And not something that gives me a good feeling about what's about to happen in 
the county. This guy is so divorced from reality. It's unbelievable. And, and the condescending tone by which he said, I mean, come on, we haven't raised the taxes, uh, the tax rate since 1984. I mean, seriously, you've all got to understand. Yeah. You all got to agree to this. Right? No, we, we don't. I mean, he is so back asswards on this that it's unbelievable. Now, keep in mind, of course, you know, this is the guy who also killed off how many businesses? Yes. Uh-huh. Locked everything down, run off businesses. When businesses tried to do business anyway, because it turns out he was doing it illegally. The courts have since decided. He sent the cops in against at least a few mm-hmm. businesses. Ask mm-hmm. the House of Pain owner, who's now moved, by the way, to St. Charles County. Uh, you know, he literally sent in the cops mm-hmm. against businesses who tried to do business in his county. So for this guy to to say that, uh, you know, we're going to be the, you know, uh, central opportunity, opportunity central. And we're going to, uh, you know, we just have to do it. Because he also said, he goes, you can't cut your way out of a de- well, deficit. So, yeah. So, so yeah. explain. The um, uh, the the purpose of the of the statement. He's, right. he's, he was addressing the uh, the uh, the budget deficit, uh, the, mm-hmm. how underwater the county is, and he's basically rolling out that raising taxes right. is his only option. Yeah. and raising and adding a tax, oh. uh, even though voters said no to it. As well, because remember, he, he's trying to bring back a tax the voters said no well, to. He, he, like you said, he he's yeah. clearly shown that he doesn't care what voters say. Yeah, I mean, he what he did, um, what he said on there is that, you know, the county is like 40 some million dollars in uh, in a deficit for this year, the budget deficit. They're going to try to get that, I think, around to 30 million with, uh, you know, some moving some money around and stuff. And he goes, you can't cut your way. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> you really can. Yeah. Um, now, d- does that mean it's going to hurt because you're spending money on stuff you shouldn't be spending money on? Yes, mm. but you can. So when he says you can't cut your way out of a deficit, that's either ignorance or it's a lie. It's one or yeah. the other. It's just you can. Um, but also, when you look at, well, how do you make up the rest of that uh, budget deficit if you're not going to raise taxes? You attract more businesses and homeowners mm-hmm. and you broaden the tax pace so that we don't have to pay more each. And it's many hands make light work kind of approach to it. So he runs off God knows how many people, runs off God knows how many businesses and say, well, you know, times are tough. I guess we just got to reach into your pocket a little bit uh, yeah. deeper. Yeah. And you guys pointed out, you really, you get this morning pointed out how ridiculous a couple of his excuses, mm-hmm. uh, his defenses were. The, the one about you can't cut your way out of a deficit like this i mean every adult every person yeah. who has a family knows that if you have your if you have just your your family budget and you don't have enough money to pay your bills at the end of every month you look at mm-hmm. things that you can cut mm-hmm. and you yes. cut those things and then suddenly you do have more money right. at the end of the month and you have cut your way out mm. of the deficit it's it's very possible, and the rate, and him saying, him saying um, that it's it's crazy that some of, did he say some of my staff members weren't right. weren't even alive the last time we raised the tax rate? Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Well, yeah. yeah, the tax rate. Yeah, the tax rate. So there's there's more money being taxed, more things, more being taxed. Now than there was in 1984. So the county is making much more off of taxes Mm -hmm. with that same tax rate because it's the percentage. So he makes it sound like they're they're collecting the same dollar amount of taxes that they were in 1984. And that is not that is not true at all. It's it's just it's it's terrible 
It's terrible excuses that I hope more than just us here on News Talk SDL are calling him out on. Can I ask a question? Please. Because I didn't listen to this happening, even though we All you got to do is listen going. to Mike's show in the morning. <laughs> I did listen to I did listen to some of your show from 6 to 7 this morning, but I didn't get to see Sam Page talk about this. Mm-hmm. Is he saying that we need to start figuring out how to get more money in St. Louis County and then also just spent $900,000 on a complete rebrand. $90,000. $90,000 on a complete well, rebrand. $90,000 on the logo. On the logo to Katie's itself, point, yeah. there is no, no, nobody knows yet how much the full to change. Oh, yeah. To change all the logos on everybody's door and building and all the. Was this at the same time, though? Was he saying mm-hmm. we yeah. th- th- these two things all were All the office out? supplies and right. you know, like all that time. still has. Yeah, the letterheads, the everything. Yeah, that'll happen over time. But yeah, it was the same thing. You know, he says, uh, we can't cut our way out. We've got to raise taxes. By the way, look at this loot logo. And, and listen, the logo's fine. It, it's whatever. Okay, but it's fine. But it, it, AI could have done, done that in, in 10 seconds. Yes. But I yes. just, I don't understand why you, like, the irony of being like, we have to find more more revenue, more mm-hmm. money, raise taxes somehow to make the city of St. Louis look... Um, the county of St. Louis. The Louis. county of St. Louis, excuse me. The county of St. Louis look good, and then we just spent $90,000 right. to yeah. rebrand. Yeah. We are going to have fiscal responsibility. Oh, by the way, here's my $90,000 graphic design. I mean, I don't know who he's meeting with on the budget consultations everything, but just get rid of them and somebody bring in Dave Ramsey for 30 minutes there to just go. knock <laughs> the guy around. That's what I want to see happen. Uh, before we uh, lose you, uh, I want to. Uh, I was going to talk about this a little bit later on, but it fits into this conversation perfectly. You're just talking about you know Sam Page's mm-hmm. impact on the county, particularly during the pandemic and closing businesses and all of that. Um, I don't know if either of you saw that uh, Anthony Fauci was in a uh, closed-door interview with House Select Committee on Coronavirus Pandemic yesterday and testified that uh, his social distancing recommendations, Mm -hmm. the six feet, where was just was not based on science and was just his words, quote, sort of just appeared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I just sort of quickly put this, say this, they get your thoughts. Committee chair, uh, Brad Winthrop revealed this today in a statement. Uh, This happened. The, the testimony happened yesterday. He revealed it today in a statement. uh, The Congressman did saying, quote, Dr. Fauci's transcribed interview revealed systematic failures in our public health system and shed light on serious procedural concerns with our health, with our public health authority. It is clear that uh, dissenting opinions were not often considered, uh, or suppressed completely should a future pandemic arise America's response must be guided by scientific facts and conclusive data many data many schools across the country were shuttered in order to comply with the six foot rule of social distancing in an effort to stop the spread of the virus while it also helped spur lockdowns and restrictions in public spaces as well as bars and restaurants however Fauci characterized that development of the guidance by stating quote it just sort of appeared right he acted, remember, he was the science. Yeah. I am the science, he right. said. None of this was scientific at all. And it gets worse. And that six foot rule had s- such major impact mm-hmm. because restaurants are pushing tables apart, mm-hmm. lines are going, you know, around the block at Target because you have to stand. And it was just 
pulled out of thin air. Yeah, it was pulled out of somewhere. Uh, his <laughs> his boss, his former boss, Francis Collins. There was a video that showed up last week. Did you see this on social media? No. He did. Uh, he did like a uh, not really a town hall, but he did an interview on a like a stage with a guy, and it's even it's even worse than what Fauci said because he said we didn't have any data to justify anything. Uh, we didn't know. We didn't consider the consequences. Um, that was a mistake. We just had to act and do something. He admitted. Yeah. No data. They, no data. Uh, and what they had was incomplete. They didn't consider, they did not consider the residual or the unintended consequences. They now recognize that what they record, they recommended was wrong. Mm hmm. And that uh, they made big mistakes. Oh, and by the way, Fauci also in that testimony said he couldn't remember like a hundred times. A hundred times he couldn't remember. By the way, he has a new memoir out. So if you want to buy that, the guy who says he can't remember anything yeah. is trying yeah. to sell you a book. He also said that the yeah. he also said the lab leak theory, which he constantly yeah. said was a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory, and they wouldn't. He said that that actually was not a conspiracy right. theory in this testimony. Rand Paul said after oh. this was released, um, and I think this is a I think this is a good uh, a rule of thumb when it comes to. Anthony Fauci. Rand Paul said today, quote, one of the things that's consistent about Anthony Fauci is that what he says in private is largely true. True, What he says to the public is a lie. So oh. just... You, and he yeah. lied to Congress. Yeah. yeah. Publicly, yeah. but not behind closed doors. Hey, just for fun, I'm going to go get myself subpoenaed and lie to Congress. Let's see if what happens to me is the same thing yeah. that happens to Anthony Fauci. Yeah, and Katie and I will go kick down the doors of a committee hearing yeah. like Hunter Biden and see right. if we get the same treatment he does. Let's see what happens to us and, uh, and, and as opposed to oh, folks man. like that. Well, I hope that what would be nice is if people like Sam Page and Anthony Fauci and all these people that have continued to be revealed as liars throughout their entire, you know, this entire last several years would actually face some consequences. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess that's going to be up put, to the put them all in the same house. Worst reality show ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would watch it though. I would watch it. <laughs> Mike Ferguson, great to see you, buddy. Thanks for coming in. You got it. Yeah, Thanks, we'll be Mike. listening tomorrow morning and every morning starting at five thirty. Mike and Gabe and Stell, baby. Mike Ferguson in the morning here on News Talk STL. All right, lots happening in Jeff City with the legislative session in full swing. There are headlines out today that uh, they. There is a looming fight in uh, Jeff City between lawmakers over the renewal of a key health care related tax. We'll tell you about that and uh, get all of the insight of what's happening there in the legislative session with Justin Sparks next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. When you were Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. Yeah, great to uh, take advantage of Mike still being here this afternoon and getting him in here for that last segment. Great stuff there. Uh, perfect time to remind you also that if you never want to miss any of those great segments, make sure you are subscribed to the Colombo and Katie podcast. Put the show out as a podcast every day right after we are done, and we put it on basically every podcast platform. So whichever one you use, whichever one is your favorite, just subscribe to Colombo and Katie, and you'll never miss anything that happens here on the show. Uh, amazing stuff about the Board of Alderman. Isn't that amazing? That that the St. Louis Board of Aldermen have have Wasting written a time. resolution calling for a ceasefire in the Middle East. You're making a difference. What? I mean, what? Who do you think you are? 
Changing the world. How about you focus on St. Louis? How about you do your job and stop the grandstanding? Pretty uh, amazing. And somebody that I bet is also uh, seeing some ridiculous politics these days is our next guest who joins us every Thursday at this time, Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. Justin, you are in the belly of the beast now that we are in legislative session. Uh, How are you, my friend? How's it going? I'm doing great. Why doesn't the uh, Board of Aldermen call for a ceasefire and uh, a natural bridge? <laughs> That's exactly that is exactly what Mike said. Yeah, why don't they write a resolution for a ceasefire in North City or downtown? No kidding. I I'm totally halfway joking, you know. Yeah, well, it's but I mean that would be much more appropriate and and productive than a a a grandstanding resolution that had to be clarified. By the way, just to give you an idea, <laughs> just to give you an idea of of the general attitude and message that's come out of the city of St. Louis. Uh, I literally I read the quote uh, from from uh, Alderman uh, uh, Aldridge that the, when, talking about the resolution. It literally he had to clarify: we are not just asking Israel for a ceasefire; we're asking Hamas as well. The fact that you had to clarify that. Yeah, speaks volumes. <laughs> yeah, you've already you've already lost the debate. You already lost the narrative. I yeah, mean, I just don't understand, guys, why people are leaving the city of St. Louis. Right. Businesses are no longer investing there. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, can't can't figure it out. So um, I mentioned that there was a um, there's a headline today on uh, the Post's website about a uh, the headline was fight looming in Missouri Senate over renewal of key health care related tax. I know that that is not your chamber, but, uh, you know, anything that's happening there in Jeff City are going to eventually, uh, you know, involve all of you. Um uh, it's uh, apparently attached to Planned Parenthood and, um, uh, you know, attacks in in that area. Do you know anything about that uh, particular story? And, and, and what else is right now like uh, hot and heavy on um, uh, that you guys are working on or debating? Yeah, I mean, there's a reauthorization. It's called the FRA. Basically, it's a reauthorization of how federal money is dispersed to Missouri. And we have to reauthorize it every two years. And if we don't, we end up having we end up losing about uh, I think it's like five billion dollars of federal money. So it's a big deal, mm. and it flows in through to our hospitals, nursing homes, and um, well, there's a lot of people that want to just hey, just pass it clean, you know, just reauthorize that federal money, keep those federal dollars uh, coming on in. And then there's a lot of legislators, uh, and myself included, who are kind of sick of any of our money in Missouri going to to fund Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that if Planned Parenthood wants to fund uh, to be funded, they need to fund themselves. And we don't want our tax dollars, and particularly our constituents' money, uh, funding that they something that they you know fundamentally oppose. And so that's really the discussion that we're having right now of how of how do we move forward. So, but also not jeopardizing that FRA reauthorization. Yeah. So I think that that's probably what you're talking about. But what you're seeing in the Senate, in the House, really, we were on technical sessions, mostly due to the weather. 
Um, so we went, we were in committee hearing bills, but, uh, we really didn't do any floor work. The Senate, on the other hand, has immediately got off to a, a, a raucous beginning. And, uh, right off the bat, you saw, you know, the Freedom Caucus proposing very simple rules changes. We call it the Pelosi rule, uh, because Nancy Pelosi used to drop 1,000 page uh, bills on the desks of lawmakers, expecting them to immediately review and vote on it. And uh, members of the Senate, supported by members of the House, believe that we should have time to look and read bills. And remarkably, what did you see? You saw um, we reduced that 48 hours. The Senate reduced the 48 hours to 24 hours, and it was uh, eventually voted down. Now, the interesting thing was the, the Senate pro tem, the leader of the Senate, uh, said the quiet part out loud and admitted that he doesn't that he has not read bills before mm. and voted on them. And see, what have I been what have I been saying on this station for so long that these lawmakers don't read the bills mm-hmm. often? They don't read the bills before they vote on them, and that's why some of this garbage legislation gets pushed through. Lobbyist sludge, unelected bureaucracy sludge gets pushed through and you're like how in the world did we get this what in the world nobody's perfect guys but at least read the bill but he honestly in a moment of clarity and honesty he was he really was saying the the quiet part out loud this is where we've gotten to in jefferson city lawmakers are not reading the bills they're being handed things they they make uh agreements um, with special interest and unelected bureaucracies, and then they push legislation through. Why, why do you need to read it, right? You just trust what you're handed. It's insane. It is insane. It is it insane. Is one of the main problems that we've gotten to. Yeah, I, 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 you're, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, I mean, it's, the, it's basic fundamentals that, you know, you, you can't even take for granted the, the, you know, the basics anymore. You have to check and make sure that people are reading the bills that they're passing. I mean, that is, that's, that's, that's a really, um, <laughs> it's really important for people to know just how bad it, it, it has gotten and uh, just how much change does need to be enacted. And I know that you guys are, are working on that. I wanted to ask you, we've talked about this a million times. You and I have talked about it. I've talked about it with many others. Um, but, but since this is the year of change and addressing these uh, systematic issues, I have, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I literally don't think I've ever heard anyone say that the, uh, uh, the term limits plan, the way the system in, in the, in Missouri is a good one. I've never heard anybody say it. Even people that are generally in favor of term limits don't like yeah. ours. And we have identified that you and I, and, and we've had this conversation with many people as being one of the things that create that, that the severe term limits are one of the things that creates a lot of, uh, a lot of the issues in Jeff city. Is there any plan at all? Has it even been, uh, mentioned that that could be something that is addressed this year or any time in the future by uh, by you guys in Jeff City? Well, I certainly hope so. I, you know, I spoke to the Speaker of the House last term, uh, last session about this, and he says, you know, somebody files that bill every year and it never seems to get off the ground. And do you know why? And it's interesting that the Speaker would say that because he's the Speaker. Um, but he was at, he's, I think he's accurate. And, um, and this is the reason, a little bit of inside baseball mm-hmm. here. The term limits in Missouri are 
bad. And that's something that I never was aware of before I became a legislator. I was in favor of term limits. I still am. Just not the not the kind that we have right, right. now. Because And I think maybe that was done uh, on purpose. We don't know. Um, maybe legislators thought they were doing a good thing. Who knows? I wasn't there. But the effect that they've had is um, they've empowered the unelected bureaucracy. Here's what I mean by that. You've got lobbyists. There's lobbyists for good causes, lobbyists for bad causes. There's, you know, there's lobbyists that are principled. There's lobbyists that don't care as long as they get a paycheck. There's all kinds of different people and lobbyists everywhere. Okay. That's not necessarily, uh, that's part of the problem because lawmakers become beholden to lobbyists when lobbyists donate to them and support them and funnel money to them, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the other part that really doesn't get the, uh, the attention or the discussion is the far more powerful unelected bureaucracy. Here's what that is. It's the, it's the departments. It's the state governmental departments. We're talking about the Department of Education. Okay, we're talking about massive departments that control incredible amounts of money. And they, they pressure and influence and have relationship with lawmakers. And that's how they affect legislation and policy. It's extremely effective and it's extremely destructive. And that's something I had no idea existed until I went to Jefferson City. And I started wondering why certain politicians were voting certain ways. It didn't make any sense. And uh, especially when you saw politicians that were both lobbyist politicians. And so you know, and voting against each other made no sense until you really start diving deeper and you realize, wow, no, this is the unelected bureaucracy seeking to increase its own power, its own funding, and to self-perpetuate itself. And when you start really looking at Jefferson City through that lens, everything starts to make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and no, that's it. And it's good. It's great that we are finally exposing a lot of this and talking uh, about a lot of this. And uh, yeah, this is the, the final point on on the term limits thing. I just, you know, if it's if it's something that everybody agrees on, it seems like it'd be a pretty easy thing to, uh, you know, maybe not eliminate, but at least at least uh, modify uh, to make things a little sure. bit better there. Um, but, but kind of unelected bureaucracy yeah. doesn't agree. That they use the term they limits. use it. Yeah, that's exactly right. They use the term limits to get rid of or outlast any lawmaker that opposes them. See, yep. they're going to be there for 30 and 40 years at a time. All they have to do is wait four to eight years for us, and mm-hmm. we're out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with this sort of new attitude going into this year and with the <clears throat> excuse me creation of the Missouri Freedom Caucus, which you are a member of, uh, are you feeling productive? Are you feeling good <clears throat> about uh, making, some, uh, making a difference this year, uh, this legislative session that maybe we haven't seen in the past? I couldn't be more excited because of what we just talked about. The Missouri Freedom Caucus, by design, and its very DNA, is to leave a lasting legacy and a permanent infrastructure to show lawmakers and to pass on what we've been doing. See, I'm going to be gone one day, and all the lawmakers up there are going to be gone one day. But what will still be there will be the Missouri Freedom Caucus and what we pass down and mentor young, new lawmakers. And that's how you push back against that unelected bureaucracy. That's how you share the power and the power structure by affecting real policy that affects real people. I could not be more excited that the Senate and the House 
are working together to affect conservative change. It's radical. It's it's really refreshing. Forming these relationships are unbelievable because we see now and can push the same things at the same time. And I believe we're going to be very effective. Got just a couple minutes left here with Representative Justin Sparks. And Justin, I would imagine that next week and then obviously in the coming weeks, we'll really start to be uh, digging into the details of some bills and debates that are happening. But uh, right now, what is uh, your guess at uh, the first maybe big headlines that are going to come out of this session? The first things that uh, you guys will be um, will be working on that uh, we'll be hearing about. Well, frankly, I'm hoping that we're going to take up initiative petition, and that's going to be kind of my my war cry, because I think it's one of the most important things facing our state. If we can't protect our Constitution, then everything else uh, falls by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So initiative petition has to be a caucus priority on both sides. I am hopeful that both leadership in the House and Senate will do the right thing. They will be responsive to the will of the people and that they will start referring bills so we can uh, essentially address something that's vital to the future of the state. Another one of those that I just feel like everybody agrees that that's a problem. So how about we fix it? So I, I, I hope that there is uh, I hope that you make some progress on that. And uh, before we let you go, I know Katie has a question, too. I do want to talk to you, Justin, quickly about something national happening, and that is the possibility of Republican deciding to oust Speaker Mike Johnson. We're seeing this conflict happen over again, Justin, but I wanted to get your specific opinion about it because it seems like at a federal level, maybe probably what's been going on right now in Jeff City too, at a federal level, we're seeing this this faction of two different types of conservatism happening. And one of the conservative movements want the, the folks that are I think contemplating ousting Mike Johnson are people saying enough is enough already. Yeah. No more pandering. We're not going to compromise. And then you have maybe the older type of elitist traditional. generational traditional conservatives. I wanted to yeah. get your opinions on what's going on and the idea that we could possibly be going through another speakership. It's a great question because yeah. there are a lot of similarities between there what's are. happening in Missouri and what's happening on Capitol Hill, Justin. No, you're you're exactly right, and and so strange that it's happening that way. But you know, I had hope, I had high hopes for uh, for Speaker Johnson, but this is what the Freedom Caucus exists for, both in the U.S. House and in Jefferson City. And the 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 point is this, guys: where is the line? Oh, we can't shut down the government. We have to compromise. We have to go with what uh, what Chuck Schumer in the Senate wants us to do. We just have to. No, you don't. There has to be a line, and the line is: we close the border and we address the budget now. We do it now because the stake of the country, our future is at stake, and there has to be a line, and the Freedom Caucus is the line. We are, that's it. And you have to be willing to be strong and stand and to articulate why you're doing what you're doing and why you believe what you believe. And frankly, Speaker Johnson is showing weakness here. And I'm hoping that the Freedom Caucus gives him that backbone to say no we're taking a stand. We're addressing the border because right now our country is being invaded. Great stuff. Representative Justin Sparks, really appreciate your time today and every Thursday afternoon here with us on the show, especially with uh, everything happening in the uh, legislative session now. So uh, really appreciate your time. Hope you have a great rest of your day and look forward to talking to you next week, my friend. Thanks so much. See you later, guys. God bless you. You bet. Back at you. Great stuff there from... Uh, Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. We're going to talk to Dr. Randy Tobler here in 
Coming up in a little less than 20 minutes at 3 o'clock, we'll talk to Doc. I want to look back at the debate last night in Trump's town hall last night and look forward to the Iowa caucus, which is what now? Four days away? That's absolutely unbelievable. There's been uh, obviously some uh, reaction. There's new information since the uh, debates last night. So I want to get into all of that as we go through the afternoon. Definitely talk to Doc about that um, at 3 o'clock. And uh, also, yesterday, or no, this this morning, the first lady was on MSNBC, and she was interviewed by Mika. Mika, and she was asked about Joe's health and his ability to be president for another four years. She was also asked what she thinks about Hunter Biden kicking down the doors and storming uh, the Capitol. And her answers were amazing. So I want to tell you about those next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 Newstalk STL. Um, I wanted to address the weather real quick. Uh, 24 hours from exactly right now at this time every Friday afternoon we talk to Steve Templeton chief meteorologist over at Channel 4 uh, that will be happening uh, tomorrow for sure and uh, it's going to be a big one because there is some weather heading our way this weekend so looking forward to uh, getting the latest information from Steve and what we can expect tomorrow afternoon and throughout the weekend uh, when we talk to him tomorrow and he's been on with us a couple other times this week a couple of bonus appearances as we've kept an eye on what's going on out there and uh he and i have been uh, texting communicating back and forth uh today was wondering if you know i was asking him if he needed to if we needed to do anything today because there's going to be you know i think a lot of rain and stuff uh tonight and he is uh he's not gonna he's not coming on today but again he'll be on with us tomorrow um and uh the the one good news about tonight is there is going to be a lot of rain but it's not going to be below freezing so it's just going to be wet there's not going to be any snow or ice or anything doesn't mean that you don't need to be careful right this afternoon and and tonight if you're out driving in it but as far as like the winter weather that could be heading our way Mm -hmm. won't be won't be happening tonight and we'll get we'll get the details of what to expect when we talk to steve templeton tomorrow Right. Can't wait to hear 24 it. hours from exactly right now. It's going to be uh, great. 245, uh, Steve will be joining us to give us that weekend forecast. All right. Uh, during the break there, it, it, this, this happens all the time. And it is, it is, it is so, it is like weird, crazy how yeah. it happens. I talked about how I want to talk about this Jill Biden interview. And we look up at the television and they're talking about the Jill Biden interview. It's like, it happens. I always say they're listening. Yes. So this is pretty amazing. Jill Biden was interviewed today on MSNBC by Mika Brzezinski and was asked about the president's age and ability to do the job for another four years. Mika said, Mika asked, uh, quote, this is a massive amount of physical and emotional stress. It would be on any person. Your husband is 81. At the end of his second term, he'd be 86. As his life partner of 46 years. Life partner. Is there a part, not wife. Life partner. As his wife. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an easier, just yeah. more human way to ask that question anyway? 
As his life partner of 46 years, is there a part of you that is worried about his age and health? Can he do it? To which Joe Biden answered, quote, he can do it. I see Joe every day. I see him out, you know, traveling around this country. I see his vigor. I see his energy. I see his passion every single day. Brzezinski asked if the first lady asked the first lady what she would say to people who are don't want to vote for President Biden or are worried about voting for President Biden because of his age. And she said, I would tell them his age is an asset. Um, He's wise. He's wise. His wisdom. He has experience. He has wisdom. He has experience. He knows every leader on the world stage. He's lived history. I'll give her that. Yeah, he has lived history. He knows history. His he's thoughtful in his decisions. He's the right man, the right person for the job at this moment in history. His age is an asset. It's it is not. It's clearly not. not. It's clearly not. And you know what? As a wife, that's okay to think that about your husband. Of course it is. But but as the first lady, it is to lie to the American people and say totally. that there's that there's no issue or concern Nothing whatsoever. To see here. And that when is it's where clearly not the case. We can all see it with our own eyes that there is a an issue. But even the polling if, shows you it. don't even have to admit. You don't even have to say that. It's a big enough issue that he can't be president. If you want to still support Joe Biden, that's fine. But nobody can say that he's not a different person at the age of 81 than he was when he was vice president and when he was senator and throughout the rest of his career. This is like a rock and a hard place situation for Jill because it's like I, I am his wife and... I respect my husband to whatever degree that really, you know, whatever. They love each other. Mm-hmm. But then there's also an obligation that you took upon yourself as the first lady and that your husband took upon himself as the president of the United States. And that job, you can't hide behind the loving wife and and pass over a question about someone's age when it's yeah. so clearly yeah. and such a prevalent issue that's happening on the minds of every voter. Yeah. You know, the- I, I've been beating a dead horse about about what I think about this, how I just find it unbelievable that the White House, you know, anybody in the administration, not just the president, the first lady. But Karine Jean-Pierre, anybody else that's part of the administration, they just they act like this. These concerns are ridiculous and unfounded. Like they they act like they just they they act almost surprised every time it gets brought up, which I I just don't understand that approach. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, it's so disingenuous. It makes you look so bad. Don't act like you're caught off guard. Yeah, like. Yeah, right, the like question. they're exasperated, like, oh, this, you're asking about his age again. Come on. When it's the number one concern on literally every poll that's come out in the last two years about the president, his age is, is voters' number one concern, his, you know, ability to do the job for another four years, mental ability, and because of his age, is the number one thing on every poll, and they just want to act like it's not happening. I would rather, I it would, 
I, it, I would much rather her. I don't. I, I, Joe Biden's not going to say, "Yeah, Joe's too totally. dumb and he's out of it and he can't do." It. I mean, obviously, she's not going to say that. But I would rather an answer, an, a more honest approach, and I think would be better for voters is for them to say, like, you know, Joe's eighty-one. He's not as young as he used to be, but his experience and his relationships and his knowledge, he's still, he's still, you know, the best person for this job. Yeah. You know, just. To just acknowledge to just it. to acknowledge the fact that we what we all see and on our television screens that he's not you know totally. that's a you know that's a much more honest and I think a Palatable. something that people would li- like uh, you know uh, voters would un- react to when you just tell us that there's nothing to see here and none of this is true you know then we just know you're lying to us you you just <clears> pointed <throat> it out and it's. Uh, Voters would find that endearing. Yeah. Voters would find it endearing if Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Kareem Jean-Pierre, there would be almost more of a sympathetic understanding if they would be honest with the way Joe Biden handles his age and and the way his mental faculties. Because you can make that case. You can make that case. You can win over hearts. Yeah, that he's... That he's, you know, he's he's 81 years old and, and you know, it, it, everybody, you know, goes through changes as you grow old. But it's his experience and his knowledge and his this and that and all of that that makes him the best person for the job. And you can address the issue and still defend him rather than just but don't lying sell me. to people and going, what do you mean? Don't he's tell as, me. He's as he's as as quick and has as much energy as he did 50 years ago when it's yeah. when he's the one that's clearly a lie. Also, during the interview, Jill Biden was asked about uh, Hunter. Mika uh, said, quote, how have you been coping personally with the onslaught of accusations against your husband and your family, including and especially Hunter? He's the focus of a House Oversight Committee hearing uh, holding him in contempt obsessing over him jeez, yeah Yeah. Yeah. obsessing over him you know what you don't get to you don't get to to accuse anybody of obsessing over hunter biden when you have obsessed over donald trump for the last six years and hunter biden (laughs) wants us to be obsessed i know i know but i mean like give me a break with like oh the the obsession of this one person oh kind of like what you've been doing um Showing pictures of him during vulnerable moments in his battle with addiction on the floor of the house. Uh, this would crush any family. To which the first lady said, quote, uh, I think what they're doing to Hunter is cruel. What? Cruel. What? Holding him accountable? Charging Having him for his crimes? Work. That's cruel. I'm really proud of how Hunter uh. has rebuilt his life after addiction. You know, I love my son and it's hurt my grandchildren. That's what I'm so concerned about. That is affecting their lives as well. Well, their father's a criminal. That's why their lives are being affected by them. And again, as I said, I still haven't heard what the president said. But for the first lady to say that she's proud of a person who stormed in to a House committee hearing. Yes. Where if anybody else, anybody else and. Good Lord, flip the do the flip test and think if that was Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump. Can you imagine? No. If when if Donald Trump after that said that he was proud of his son, like the media and the Democrats, including Jill Biden, how they would be all Yield over day. that. Yeah.
Yeah, pretty amazing stuff there. All right, want to uh, recap the debate? Look forward to the Iowa caucus and more next with Dr. Randy Tobler. He said, Tell me.